The Living Traditions Festival is back Friday, May 17th through Sunday, May 19th at Washington Square Park in downtown Salt Lake City. You will find a global food court, live music, performances, art, workshops, Bohemian Brewery, and stuff for kids. Full disclosure, this is my favorite Salt Lake Festival. For details and to see the full program, visit livingtraditionsfestival.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Utah billionaires and state leaders are heavily courting the NHL and the MLB. And now we could get the Oakland A's while they await their new baseball stadium on the Las Vegas Strip. Shiny. So should Salt Lake City be saying hallelujah or hell no? I asked my colleague at CityCast Las Vegas. It's Tuesday, February 13th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. David Figler, the host of CityCast Las Vegas, so good to be here with you. I want to ask you, why would you want us, the people of Salt Lake City, not just to take the A's in the interim, but keep them forever? Okay, so the interim, I feel we could handle it, but if it means giving up the interim to get rid of them for always, because A, the worst team in the league, B, (laughs) their ownership, uh, leadership have handled their entree into our community so poorly uh, without any transparency, and three, they are already like locking into huge public funds. They secured a $380 million public financing package. And the way that these things work, they always keep coming back for more because they know that we're like a mark that they could, you know, like Hmm. continue to play the three card Monty with. So we don't even really, really know what the state, well, A, we don't know what the stadium is even going to look like. They keep putting off for reasons that are getting more and more unbelievable. The reveal of what the the plans look like, the actual renderings have not been released to the public. And it's been months now since they said that they were going to bring it. But also the financing. Oh, my gosh, Ali, we could go down a list of all the things you shouldn't do if you're going to bring a stadium and they're doing it. So, yep. They're yours. Okay, so we just watched the Super Bowl being played at Allegiant Stadium, which it's my understanding was a $750 million in public funds investment. Yeah. Is this feeling like a do-over of that? Not exactly. A little bit different. I mean, the Raiders also not the greatest team in the world. Okay, but teams can get better. Like, we've seen teams turn around. Oh, they could. And we're also spoiled here because when we got the National Hockey League with an expansion team, our Vegas Golden Knights got really good really quick, went to the Stanley Cup finals in their first season and just won the Stanley Cup in a very short period of time. But it, it does not for a couple of reasons. One is that the the stadium site was a little more wide open. In other words, we did have the the smaller hockey stadium that was sort of tucked away behind the strip. Um, the Legion Stadium was off strip. Like it's in view of the Las Vegas Strip, but it's not absolutely on that street, which is, you know, a cluster for many reasons of design. <laughs> yeah. Um, the A's are proposing to not only be on the strip, but to take down a storied 
70-year-old casino, the Tropicana, the famous Tropicana, in order to do it. Yeah, yeah. And it's in such a small footprint that no one thinks that would work. And it just goes against all sort of urban planning models, et cetera. So, you know, even with the public financing being there for the Raiders, which was done in a different way, it has enough new twists on it that it both brings up the bad memories of that whole public financing fight and new bad memories of just not doing this well. It's funny because I don't know a lot about the city of Las Vegas, but one thing I do understand about it is it seems like nostalgia is really important. Like just hearing you say Tropicana, I'm like, as a child in Florida, I knew about that. Like, does it feel like the A's have pitted the whims of a California billionaire Mm. against Las Vegas voters and people? It does a lot, uh, Allie. And it's like it's one billionaire after another. And then we can compare our billionaires, right? So the guy Mm. who built the hockey stadium did it with no public financing per se. I mean, there's always infrastructure, et cetera. But, you know, he was a billionaire. Uh, The billionaire who's behind the Raiders, Mark Davis, and now yet another billionaire coming in. So, yeah, it's kind of maybe billionaire fatigue. Like if billionaires are coming here, maybe they should be like helping all the things that the government is failing on, like education, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, with the nostalgia thing, we've become kind of toughened. We have, I I think there's some old timers like me who lament the loss of certain things, uh, but we are all very kind of used to it. I mean, buildings get imploded. That's kind of the Vegas way. And I'm going to say this, that the Tropicana has seen much better days. It's not the Bellagio 1.0. It's, you know, kind of like a really super nice IHOP in a lot of ways. So I think it's going down whether the A's are going to follow through here or not. But I don't know a lot of people outside the people who are directly slated to make some money off of this whole thing, who love that location for a a stadium, which is another reason why um, Salt Lake uh, have at it. Yeah. Well, we have our own issues, David. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm curious what, you know, I don't, we always say spill the tea, and I don't know what the sports metaphor equivalent would be, but what what is the the sports tea in Salt Lake right now? I think where we're at right now is looking at the possibility of going from a city dressed up as a town with kind of two big franchises, of course, the Utah Jazz, Uh NBA, and then we have a major league soccer team here, Real Salt Lake. We're about to get our women's team back. And to being a a city with everything but the NFL (laughs) and just kind of potentially the next few years here in the run-up to us hosting probably the Olympics, the Winter Olympics again in 2034. So we had this like, we have this affiliate for the LA Angels called the Salt Lake Bees. And they had this kind of like, I would describe as truly a neighborhood stadium in in a neighborhood called the Ballpark Neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And we got this announcement from their billionaire owners that we're packing up and we're moving the team to the suburbs, to this planned community called Daybreak that we, the billionaire owners, happen to own. And so it just makes sense for us. And we feel like there's a lot of population growth in the south part of the valley. And so we're moving the team there. And that's that. And it was definitely like there was an aftershock. We even had there was like a little bit of drama around whether or not our mayor even knew that it was going to be happening. (laughs) Right. So 
that happened. Then at the same time, those same billionaires are like, we want to be part of this Major League Baseball expansion. And we're going to bid for a team on the west side of our city. We already own the land. It's the former Rocky Mountain Power District. And like, David, if you see these mock-ups, it's kind of, it's a little post-apocalyptic. Like, it's this mock-up of a stadium. And then in the background of the stadium are these giant smokestacks. And you're like, yeah, yeah, bring the kids. Like, see. What I wouldn't give for a post-apocalyptic mock-up. We got nothing, Allie. They're not even showing us That's what it's going to look like. That's true. We got a mock-up right quick. But yeah. um, so that's been kind of they're calling themselves Big League Utah. And that coalition is like working really hard to get a brand new team. We don't know what they would be called. Like, So how, how are the Salt Lake City residents like dealing with losing something from the downtown to the suburbs? That actually happened with our minor league baseball team as well. And everyone kind of rejoiced because they didn't oh, really? particularly like the old stadium where our AAA baseball team played. Oh, that's funny. People seem really upset about it, Hmm. I think. The neighborhood was concerned because it would require a dramatic change in the neighborhood. What that looks like, what becomes of the stadium, we don't know. But what we heard from businesses around the stadium immediately was like, uh, we might have to relocate. Like, we don't know how many people are going to want to come and eat burgers on the weekend without this baseball team next door. Yeah. But I think, like, interestingly enough, some other news that kind of broke in the wake of that is that it's possible that the Utah Jazz will be leaving downtown also for the suburbs. Oh. They have a different billionaire owner, but funny enough, David, their new billionaire owner bought it, <laughs> bought the franchise from the billionaire that owns the baseball team. Sure. So it's-, it's all between billionaires. They're all having fun. Do they sit in a room and they just like, you know, twiddle their thumbs like Mr. Burns and just decide ways that they could be, you know, controversial and relevant? (laughs) I wonder at whose cost. Well, one of the things that's been interesting to witness about all of this is that you've got it's almost a tale of two billionaires. So like our, I would say, Major League Baseball interest, a woman named Gail Miller, she is quite strategic. Like you can kind of see how she's thinking through some of these economic opportunities and where she does what. Like, I would say, like, she's a little bit more fair in showing her cards. Then we have this young, like, think like tech bro who rides his skateboard inside the office billionaire named Ryan Smith, who owns the Utah Jazz. And he is mercurial as can be. Like, what he's going to do, he throws Hail Mary passes for a living. And, like, that is how he is running this I see him wearing a backward baseball cap right now. Exactly. That's exactly what you're looking at. And so watching them have these sort of different approaches is also interesting. But one of the themes that comes up a lot for us in talking through all this is like billionaires giveth and billionaires taketh away. And even our own city officials are kind of at their whim. So I don't know. I mean, like what what is the future now? We're being sold on this idea of taking the A's off of your hands temporarily because they could play in our new stadium for the new minor league team. And then the minor league team would go back downtown for a couple of years. Like, it's incredible to think about how much red tape we have to, like, break through to do things in this city, like decide whether or not to close elementary schools or like fund things. And yet, like, we're riding the tail of a dragon when it comes to these franchises. Yeah. I mean, the the sniffing around that to-be-built minor league stadium has really shifted conversations here in Las Vegas, whereas a lot of people are like, it's a done deal. We just, you know, we live our lives at the whim of people who 
are in that strata of decision making mm-hmm. and they're billionaire donors, et cetera, to like really thinking maybe maybe it's not a real thing. Maybe we're all being played. You know, Oakland's still in it, too. I mean, the the mayor keeps making statements and the people of Oakland are like boycotting their own team. And there's a lot Ooh. of crazy going on, but they've involved our cities, Allie. We're, we're both yeah. in the mix now. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Spring is when leases expire, and if you're looking for a new or better apartment situation, here's the scoop at Ico Fort Union. Fort Union is Ico's newest build in Cottonwood Heights off 1300 East and 6720 South. And as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Ico Fort Union puts you 10 minutes from the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and central to all the Fort Union shops and restaurants. But the complex is located on a dead-end street, so you get peace. Ico Fort Union offers studio, one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes, plus these very cool three-bedroom work-live apartments. So if you're starting something new, you can live above your business space. Amenities include a pet spa, a spin loft, a bike hub, and EV charging stations. And they are signing leases right now. So visit liveatfortunion.com for a tour. One of the anxieties that I have around all of this, and I, I think it's also been heightened because we're, like I said, about to get the Winter Olympics again, and that's got me on pins and needles, but is this idea of spending public money to finance private sort of pet projects Mm -hmm. like sports teams. And I know that said that hockey has done really well in Las Vegas. The Golden Knights, congratulations, champions. Thanks. Utah could get an NHL team soon, whether that's from an expansion or acquiring something like the Coyotes out of Arizona. What is the silver lining from the story of the Golden Knights in Vegas? I think, A, that it was viable that a professional sports franchise at that level of operation could, in fact, not only exist, but thrive in Las Vegas. The timing was really interesting. You know, we had the largest mass shooting in United States history uh, right when they started their very first uh, opening games. And Hmm. there were a lot of tributes. They had their ear to the community. Almost every move that they've made has been pitch perfect so far, with some exceptions, as far as how they operate. 
Um, and, and so, you know, it, it was also privately financed. So that model has kind of been thrown out there as well. But people are just excited because for a long time, there's always been this kind of idea that the things that Las Vegas were missing, although <laughs> as a person who grew up here, I think there's a lot of things that we can focus on to enhance or create that aren't here, was this sort of major league vibe of whatever sport it would be. A lot of people thought it was going to be basketball first, turned out to be hockey first in the desert, but not without a tradition. We've had hockey teams here going back to the 60s, but um, they did it, that it can be done. And then hmm. they get compared to the Raiders, and now both of them are getting compared to the A's. So the silver lining is that there is a pathway to do something right when it comes to professional sports in a community that may not be used to it. Um, and those lessons are either still being learned or being discarded by others. Hmm. When you say it was privately financed, what do you mean? Because our legislature just passed joint resolutions for Major League Baseball and the NHL. And they seem to be kind of drawing some lines around how they might involve public funding. Our governor and the Speaker of the House are like, we don't want to publicly fund new stadiums. Maybe it's a loan. It's definitely going to be some of your money, but we don't know how. Like, are you saying no public funding was spent on the nights? You know, public funding can come in a lot of different forms. For the Raiders, they opened up a new tax stream on hotel rooms, and then there were some bonding things that happened. Uh, that's mm. part of the package with the because uh, we have a stadium authority now. But with the with the T-Mobile Arena, uh, which was created for the Knights, it was a a partnership between a big casino interest, MGM, and the uh, the billionaire who brought the team here to some level. Uh, to the extent that every big building like that needs public assistance when it comes to like the roads and you know other signage and you know the the infrastructure concepts to make anything work uh, yeah. were there and they might have gotten some breaks because of the size etc. It, it was widely reported that it really wasn't that kind of public financing. It was the kind of public financing that any business would get. Uh, nothing mm -hmm. super special that required. Uh, like the Raiders did, like the A's did, a special session of our legislature to define the package, et cetera. So, yeah, it was just business that has a lot of money made a building that is now making a lot of money. Okay. That seems like a doable model. I'm yeah, not well, an economist, that's... but it makes me feel less anxiety than like we're putting up money for a stadium and in hopes that it will create some sort of economic development that time after time has been proven not to net out in these cities. But they've got some good marketers and PR people who will come up and say, oh, all the economists, all the experts, they, they don't know what they're talking about because, and you're going to hear this a lot, Salt Lake City is special. We're different. Mm. We operate in a different way. Our people are more in tune than people in these other places where the public financing model didn't really work out. Now, they will convince everyone, including your elected officials, that this is a boon for your community and that it is foolish for you to be turning it down. Oh, trust me. Hmm. It's coming, Allie. It's coming. We have a, a local sports columnist who calls them the whatabouts. The like the what about arguments around all these sports franchises. Yeah. And he brought up this interesting study in his piece that when the Pittsburgh Penguins were potentially going to fold, they surveyed the residents of Pittsburgh and asked what they would pay annually out of their household income to keep the team. Oh, And about 50% of people said they were willing to pay extra taxes. Okay, But only 38% would pay more than $10 a year. 
What do you think people of Las Vegas would pay out of their household income annually to keep the nights? Oh, to keep the nights? Oh, yeah. I I think you uh, depending on what part of the community, because you know food security is an issue in a lot of parts of our community. So taking yeah. them out of the equation, I think people would clearly pay a couple hundo a, a, a month to keep, not even a really? year. They love the nights here. Um, they are all over. What about it. the A's? They they would be required to be paid a couple of grand a year <laughs> to accept the A's into our community. So wow, big public dip. sentiment is that low? Okay. They don't like this guy. They don't like the plan. They don't like the being kept in the shroud of secrecy. Um, and yeah. you know there was already one binding location, and they called it that. I mean, they made a big deal calling it. This is the binding location. This is where the A Stadium will go. And then somehow mm. it wasn't binding anymore, and they mm. moved it to the Tropicana site. So yeah, people just don't have a lot of love for this this move. Although I think a lot of people would like baseball. You know, our AAA team, just like your bees, do really well. The Las Vegas Aviators, and that stadium is actually quite beautiful. And people still don't even understand why they're sniffing around Salt Lake and not doing it here. Everything about what they've done has just clunked with the community. That's interesting. I was really fascinated to learn through this, all this Super Bowling that in 2018, when gambling, sports gambling became legal in the United States, all of a sudden these teams started flocking to Vegas because it made Las Vegas a more interesting city to host games and to, to host teams. All that said, you all have transformed into quite a sports town over the last few years. Let's not forget Formula One. Are there like sort of top line takeaways that you think we can learn from Vegas, like biggest wins and biggest misses as a future sports town? I love the way that, you know, you're right. The the NFL sort of put a different gloss on things because there was a time not very long ago within the last 10 years where the NFL like prohibited any affiliation with Las Vegas because of the betting here. And that betting yeah. law, that federal betting law, uh, did change a lot of that attitude. Uh, Las Vegas for a very long time has thought we need to be more of an entertainment and sports place. I mean, we do mm. obviously have a lot of entertainers in the residency and stuff. You know, I'm not a big sports guy, but I do appreciate the palpable energy, the community pride that might have, you know, had some gaps before that are now filled in with a lot of jerseys uh, and mascots <laughs> that we didn't have. So, you know, it, it's interesting. A lot of people also are like, Let, let's not lose our focus and keep our eye on on the other balls that are really important, which are the things like housing and education and transportation and all the other stuff that make an ever-growing city grow. I mean, Las Vegas is one of those places that never stops growing. And we used mm. to double our population every 10 years starting in 1970. I mean, we're going to be at 3 million someday in this valley. Um so wow. sports That's three times the size of the Salt Lake Valley, right? I mean, we're over 2.5 now. And so, you know, with the injection of sports, there has to be some adjustments. Uh, we're not as quick adjusting as we are putting up new franchises. But, you know, we've got our WNBA champs and we've got NFL uh, and we've got the, the aces, you know, the aces. And, and yeah, so it, it is kind of exciting to have this sort of new gloss. But I mean, isn't that Vegas? It's always a new gloss. Always keep growing. We're like the shark of cities. We have to keep moving forward. Uh, but we could also be a little predatory in that way. I mean, if you're a, if you were a Salt Lake City taxpayer and you were picking up the paper in the morning or turning on CityCast Salt Lake and hearing billionaires preach that we're different, that this investment really pays off, that we should get on, the cultural impact is sensational. Yeah. Like, 
What would be your word to the wise having just lived this transformation? Well, and I think Salt Lake can learn from us to not just swallow it all, but be pushing people to be thoughtful. I mean, you know, that's mm. like a good general life lesson. But with the sports, because it's so flashy, because it's so big, because you're getting like, look at that Super Bowl. Everybody came to Las Vegas, all eyes on Las Vegas. We talked about it on CityCast Las Vegas. It was a five, six, seven, eight hour commercial for our city, <laughs> presenting it in, in mostly the most positive way. I mean, all yeah. that is really enticing and exciting, but it doesn't always come without strings. And I think that the main lesson for a community that's starting to embrace all these sports is to make sure you're getting not just a good deal from the franchises, but that when when you're embracing all these shiny, fun new things, um, that you don't forget about what's what's most important and try to make sure that it all kind of accords in the way that that is important for not just the visitors and not just the sports fanatics, but for the whole community. David Figler, host of CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. That was a lot of fun, Allie. I'm looking forward to seeing all the sports, including the A's, in Salt Lake City soon. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. If you have friends or family in Las Vegas, they can learn more from David and his crew every day on CityCast Las Vegas. Find them at lasvegas.citycast.fm. As for us, we will be back tomorrow morning with more from around our city. 